0: around back know so need for what's going on Darren wisely here thank you for tuning in for those of you who don't know I'm Hillsdale's most trusted and beloved lawyer and that is a title I worked very hard to get so hard in fact I gave that title to myself So today, and I'm going to have to make a new uh, tab here on the YouTube page because this is going to be a current event type of show, and I'm going to do my take on the Rittenhouse case. Now, I know what you're thinking, a little late to the party there, aren't we? Well, I get that, and as you guys know, I'm I'm extremely busy, I'm extremely swamped, um, so my apologies for being maybe slightly late to the punch when... Everyone else has kind of already discussed it, but uh, I had been able to catch up a little bit, um, come home late at night after work, and when I'm kind of unwinding before bed, I'd watch some of it on YouTube, see what all was going on there, but even though this is late, I think that my take will provide some perspective for you guys that you're probably not getting much of anywhere else. Um so I think it'll be good, and I'll still try to keep it concise and to the point. And I really want to focus on this binger guy, this total clown show uh, prosecution put on, and and I think that'll be that'll be fun, and I think that'll be interesting. Um, so you know, just to start uh, on my podcast, I I talked about uh, the Rittenhouse when it all went down. It was actually episode nine of the show. I think it was September fourth. 2020 and you know i knew very very little about what was going on but just kind of briefly talked about uh self-defense property rights some of those sorts of things obviously um you're innocent until proven guilty of course the whole system the way it plays out in practice seems to turn pretty much turns that on its head um but that's what the presumption is supposed to be so i said look There's no reason to jump to conclusions here. And in fact, uh, as human beings, we have a natural God given right to to defend our property, to defend others, and of course, to defend ourselves. You know what I noticed early on, until like very recently, really, when this trial got underway, you had a lot of the, you know, even the right of center, mainstream, like conservative, Republican, talk radio, news, Fox, this or that. They weren't backing him. They weren't sticking up for him, were they? They either didn't talk about it, or they kind of said, "Well, yeah, you know, Second Amendment, but uh, you know, you should, shouldn't go out looking for a fight. You shouldn't break gun laws." Well, I'm just gonna say it. Um, if you really believe in this stuff, if you really believe in self defense, if you really believe in, um, if you really believe in this natural right to exist, if you really believe in self defense, the Second Amendment. Um, then maybe you should practice it a little more. Then maybe you are you shouldn't tuck tail and run at the first sign of trouble. Maybe you should stick behind that. Now, if evidence comes out that it's not the case, I understand. You change your position. But the presumption, uh, why would you ever go with what the mainstream media is saying? I mean, that's just stupid, right? If if they're saying, I mean, that's how I know right away. If, if they're saying, uh, he's a soft. He's going around doing shooting sprees or whatever. It's like, well, well there I know. <laughs> there you know it's a lie. So the, the, probably, you know, 179 degrees. That's why they're the 179 club. Because it's not quite 180 degrees from the truth, but it's it's just close enough. So it's the 179 club. Uh, legal man taught me that. That's a great, great, great phrase. I use it all the time, the 179 club. So I just want to say, you know, I hope people learn their lesson uh, moving forward is that, you know, maybe have some balls, maybe stick up for people and, uh, don't wait until it's the popular thing to do because, well, that's, that's what people do all the time though, isn't it? Um, it just really grinds my gears. So, had to toot my own horn there. Um, a rare occasion that I'm right. So, so just to start, the Rittenhouse case is about self-defense. That's what it comes down to. When a defendant in a case involving a killing makes a prima facie case of self-defense, uh, then it is on the prosecution to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that this act was not in self-defense. And I did pull up the jury instructions for the Rittenhouse case. So self-defense in uh, Wisconsin, and as they're as they're defining it here says the state must prove beyond reasonable doubt that the defendant did not act lawfully in self defense so here general principles of self-defense uh it's only allowed uh in Wisconsin if the defendant believed there was actual or imminent unlawful interference with the defendant's person and the defendant believed that the amount of force the defendant used or threatened to use was necessary to prevent or terminate the interference and the defendant's beliefs were reasonable so and then they define reasonable there's no duty to retreat they talk about provocation i'll get into that in a second um so there's three things basically the state has to prove beyond a reasonable doubt then uh any one of these things either no actual or imminent uh unlawful interference basically a danger uh the belief to the amount of force being necessary, and just the defendant's uh, beliefs being reasonable. So, fairly standard stuff in terms of self-defense. And, of course, your right to self-defense, that is a pre-political right. Uh, stated otherwise, it's a natural right. Uh, it exists as part of your humanity. It's endowed by your creator. It is not a government-granted right, like going to a voting booth or, you know, something like that. That uh, that exists as, as part of your humanity, and that's why it's so important. And the right to to bear arms or, or weapons, that is an extension of that right to self-defense. And that's what the Second Amendment, of course, is all about. And essentially, if you don't have that right to protect yourself, then ultimately what rights you have? Well, you don't have any because they don't have any teeth. And that's why uh, that concept is so important. And that's why it's so important to bring home to people uh, what the... God given natural right to self defense is. So that's what this case is about. Um, I'm not going to go through really about the case. I want to talk about uh, Binger. I want to talk about the uh, prosecutorial misconduct. And you probably heard about several of these things, or if you followed, you saw it firsthand. Maybe you had some questions. Maybe, you know, some of them are pretty clear as day. I'm just going to roll through them. And uh, provide my thoughts, and and hopefully you find it entertaining. Just different kind of show today, and uh, leave some comments if you like the show. Um, you know what kind of topics you want to see. Shoot me an email if there are topics that interest you. It can just be general legal, like last time I did one on what to do if you're getting, uh, if you're getting that jab ultimatum. But I can do it on current issues going on. The only thing there is I have to be following the issue. It's weird because I used to be so up on current events but the past few months it's like, I'm not finding out things happen until a couple days later. I'm like, whoa. So, the first thing, I mean, obviously the most egregious thing the prosecution did in this case is discuss uh, Rittenhouse's silence post-arrest. Obviously, obviously, a Fifth Amendment, violation um, against self-incrimination. You're supposed to be innocent until proven guilty in the court of law. That's what he's in the court of law there to do. And, uh, you know, I think anyone who's watched, you know, that third grade schoolhouse rock video knows that you can't do that. Um, That's something, you know, you don't even need to be a first year law student to know that. I mean, it's just pretty much anyone who has any concept of this legal system knows you can't do that. Um, so that I, I mean when I heard that, I couldn't believe that that because it's just so blatant. it's so obvious. So I, I found that bizarre. I found that egregious. So then the so moving down the list here, uh, the prosecution also uh, discussed evidence that had already been excluded on a pretrial motion. I think this was around that same time period when uh, the judge uh, was talking about, don't get brazen with me. That's something, too, and that's something, if you're just watching the news or, you know, talking with some buddies who aren't lawyers, uh, might not understand that what most people don't get about law is 95% of it is all procedural. And unless you're in the system, uh, you don't know that. So... Cases are always turning on what gets into evidence, what gets excluded. Uh, In civil trials, will the court even hear it? Is it going to get dismissed? Um, You know, is the testimony going to be used for this purpose or that? Is it going to be allowed at all? Um, So those little things are really what cases turn on. Uh, It's not all the dramatics so much that you see on the, you know, the law and order, uh, you you know, those kind of shows. It's really about um, what 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 does a judge what does a judge allow in? What does a jury actually see if it's going to a jury trial? And again, I mean, especially once you're talking about like federal courts, uh, constitutional claims, things like that, is the court even going to hear it? And and what standard are they going to use? That's another huge thing. What's what's the standard? Are we going to do strict scrutiny? Or are we going to do uh, which is a very high standard? Um, rational basis, so those are the things that people really, you know, if they don't know, they miss is that, and, that, and then people go on Facebook and they'll say, well, well look, the the court ruled against it, you guys, look, it's like, no, no, no no court has ruled on this because no court has even heard it, you dingbat so the, I think that's good to know so there's a, there's a pretrial motion, uh the evidence about statements Rittenhouse made um, were were excluded. And then of course this prosecutor tries to bring them up again later. <laughs> and he is is arrogant enough, I guess, or brazen, as the judge would describe it, to to say, Oh, I I, I don't remember his exact words, but he's basically like, Oh, I thought we could You know, I just thought I'd sneak it in there. You know, no motion, no anything. He's just gonna, on his own accord, just bring it back up. Um, That's pretty wild, too. Um, That he would have that audacity. (sighs) There's a pretrial motion excluding comments uh, Rittenhouse had made about his Uh, AR-15. The prosecutor tries to... Bring it up, claims it's impeachment evidence, which there's different rules for impeachment evidence. And the judge is saying, uh, you know, this is propensity evidence. And he's saying there's no similarity here between saying you wish you had an AR, which you don't have with you at the time, uh, so you can fire it, and then the incidents that happened uh, in Kyle's case. And of course, uh, the prosecutor says, oh, this was in good faith. Um, I'm not really seeing good faith commenting on someone's Fifth Amendment silence and then talking about evidence that had clearly been excluded uh, within the same, you know, minutes of each other. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's crazy. So, another thing, this was something that uh, a big deal was, of course, made of, and that was the the whole drone video footage. Now, the prosecution uh, must provide, uh, their evidence, what they're going to use to the defense, and apparently what they gave the defense was a much crappier version, uh, not near as clear as good quality as what they used, they claimed, you know, of course it's not, oh, it's an accident, yeah, okay, I bet, <laughs> um, so at the trial, it became, like, this big shocker, like, the defense is like, what is this, we didn't get this, um, so that is a huge, huge issue as well, Again just another another strike I mean that, that all that all of these things happen in the same trial is pretty amazing so and then also of course you have the gun uh, uh, this is when the proce- or the case gets from uh, corrupt uh, to just just plain up absurd is when the prosecutor uh, pulls up the AR15, puts his finger on it and starts pointing around the courtroom like he's Alec Baldwin. And at this point, it kind of is starting to click to me, and and I'll get to that in a second. But it, it's like these pictures. I mean, I mean this this is just a, insane. And but the last thing I had, and this is another one where hopefully, if you enjoy watching these videos, because you get something out of it, because you probably don't hear a good explanation about this if it's because I didn't hear hardly anything brought up about this. If you're watching the news, which I rarely ever do but just in clips of it or in articles is the prosecution arguing alternative theories of the case so generally like in civil litigation you see alternative theories all the time a criminal um, criminal defendant can argue alternative theories but a prosecution because it is supposed to be and, of course, we know in reality what it is. It's just all about winning, just like anything else. And in these highly publicized things, I mean, then it goes, you know, a hundredfold, um, which is sad, but you know what? At least you should know what it's about, right? I mean, if you if you wake up in the wrong order, you get screwed. So, I mean, prosecution, it's about winning the case. It ain't about justice the truth, any of that. So, that aside, the, the principle behind prosecution is, not being able to argue alternative theories of the case is that because they're seeking the truth, because they're seeking justice, they can't cherry pick different sides or different arguments just to win, just to get a conviction, just to throw the defendant's ass in jail, right? They have to actually go on the evidence, the facts, and prove beyond a reasonable doubt, yes, uh, this person is in fact guilty of this crime arguing alternative theories of a case actually is a due process violation, uh, 14th Amendment to the United States Constitution. So that's a huge, huge thing to do. And again, that didn't get near as much play because um, it's not as front and center. Uh, I know Mark Richards, the attorney, did talk about it a little after. So maybe if you go on YouTube, you can see what he says about it. Um, But basically, In the beginning, when all the crazy slander was going on about Rittenhouse, the prosecution was arguing, was chasing people down uh, to to shoot them or or something along those lines. And as more and more facts and evidence got out, that just became such an absurd, ridiculous theory uh, that they in no way were going to be able to use it. So then they switched to provocation. Well, you can see here... That's a completely different thing. One, you're running around to kill people because you're a psycho. And then the other, you're maybe more reasonable. You get provoked and you end up shooting, killing someone. Again, those are two totally different things. So so that there, I mean, to me, that's the worst one besides just commenting on that silence. Um, But that's a good one to know. So I will say this. All of these things. I mean, I get it. Like I said, it's all about winning to these guys. It's a high-profile case. Um, but it, it wasn't adding up to me, and that's when I figured it out, is I'm almost positive, obviously I have nothing to prove this other than the circumstantial evidence, that uh went to all these crazy lengths to get the case thrown out. And you might say, well, why would they do that? Well, they probably saw the case wasn't going too well for them. And they probably thought, well, the jury is probably going to acquit for Rittenhouse. So what they do, and prosecutors do this, you know, how often, I don't know. But it's something they'll definitely do. Uh, It's definitely something fairly common, is they try to get a mistrial uh so that they have another chance to try the case and obviously their hopes are that they bring a stronger case uh the next time so if if that is in fact what was going on now i've listened to some podcasts some you know um and some more pro written outs whether they're you know right to center whatever have said i've heard them say you know even like on tim pool who you know he's I like that he covers a lot of these big cases, but he said the judge is on the prosecution side. I disagree with that, and here's why. Um, The judge reprimanded Binger for his idiocracy, as he should. And I know what someone like Tim Pool or someone like that is thinking is, well, if he was objective, then he would have thrown the case out right there. Here's the thing, and again, this is something, if you're a lawyer, you get, is that's what he wanted. And the judge, he's an experienced judge, just like Binger's an experienced prosecutor, he knows, he probably knew, okay, he's just trying to get this thrown out, and the judge is in a pickle because he can't let all of this crazy, unconstitutional BS just go on. But he also knows they're trying to get it thrown out. If he throws it out, they can bring the case back again. And then also, as a judge, and this is why I did like this judge. I'm not saying he's perfect or whatever, but I thought he gave him a fair trial. I mean, that's that's the best you can do. And, And as a judge, in a jury trial, his job is to be a neutral referee. So... And that's what I thought he was. He, he you know, uh, it's up to the jury to be the finder of fact to to make the determination as to uh, guilt or innocence. And and that's what he did. He didn't take it out of the jury's hands. So kudos to him because that that took a lot of discipline. And you can see him kind of working through all of this uh, to to not just to not just throw it out. Uh, but to not just let Rittenhouse get completely railroaded either. I mean, that's a very fine line, and and you have to appreciate that nuance, and I do. So, um, you know, I don't agree with that characterization at all. I thought he did a good job. So those are my uh, thoughts on the case, on the prosecutorial misconduct. Uh, Hopefully you found some good information out of it. Hopefully you're aware uh, that this game is about winning. And... Uh, it's unfortunate, but it's the way it is, so you're better knowing the truth than living in a fantasy world in case you ever find yourself in one of these situations, and also maybe in the future reference now you'll understand if the prosecutor's really going out of their way to screw things up uh, in terms of of the defendant's rights, um, it might not just be that they're being aggressive as a prosecutor. It might be they're trying to get it thrown out, um, so something to keep in mind there, Um I'm interested to see how this uh, defamation case goes for uh, Mr. Rittenhouse. I, I, he's been put through the mud. He's had uh, everything he's had to go through. I hope he gets every penny he's entitled to, which is a ton of money. So I'll, I'll be following that. And you know, one thing to think about with the, with the defamation suit, and uh, I mean, I could even do an episode on defamation suits if you want. I could, you know. W- if that interests people, Um, if you want to see more of my content, you can go to my website, which is defendyourrights.law. There you can see articles I've been published in, uh, some of my cases that have made it out in the media, and everything else I'm up to, so you might find that interesting. Of course, my YouTube video has my other videos, uh, but feel free to comment, email me, on topics that interest you guys if people are watching the videos people are sharing the videos i'll keep making them again just kind of when i can Um, but but let me know uh what kind of stuff interests you because i want to make it helpful and interesting so without further ado um peace